May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Guk Audio podcast from DC Puba Guk Audio and Guk Archives. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. Um, so uh, today um, we're going to uh, have uh, the entire uh, lecture Shinya Suzuki gave on Tuesday, July 27th, 1965 at 1 p.m. at Zen Center. Uh, no, at uh, Sokoji in San Francisco, oh, which I guess, did we call it Zen Center then? Yeah. Um, and um, it's uh, the lectures entitled Religious Problems Concerning Such as Psychology are LSD. Uh, <laughs> I called it, before the podcast, I talk, called it How to Talk About Things. <laughs> because that's what he's talking about. How do we talk about these things? So the the actual time and dates of some of these lectures are unsure. Some they're unknown. Most of them, most of them, I think we know. But this one, we're attributing it now to Tuesday, July twenty seventh. But the le the lecture file name is twenty six. Uh, but there were two 26s. Uh, there were two on July 26 at 1 p.m., and this one refers to the prior one. So, I mean, I think that's the way it went. This is the one where, where yesterday I po posted the second of three clips uh, that I had neglected to post in early May. Uh, I posted the first and the third. So I'm posting the whole lecture now so you can get the whole thing, then uh, this um, this lecture is probably already on uh, shunyusuzuki.com, the, the, the edited uh, audio. You know, what, what happens here is I'll read the whole thing, uh, sort of editing uh, from the verbatim uh, as I go along um, and, and doing as best as I can, and then... Um, I play the edited audio, which is, you know, very lightly edited, just taking out coughs and clicks and pops and excessive spaces and redundant words. I started editing just to take out the coughs. My God. Uh, yeah. It's a, a, um, a frequent guest at his lectures. So if you want to read this while you're listening to it, you can read the verbatim or you can read a light edit. Uh, and just go to shunyusuzuki.com, uh, the lecture search form, and write 65-07-26-D in the um, keywords box. Or you can write uh, LSD. And, you know, all the lectures with LSD, <laughs> there, there won't be that many. And, uh, you know, choose the one with that date. So here we go.
um, I will read it, and then you will hear him saying it. I'm going to put a bell in here. Um, you know, I'm going to start putting in the um, the high bell uh, to, mark, you know, mark, mark the beginning of reading the lecture and the end and going into the Suzuki. I think that's nice. I haven't been doing that. I've been doing it when I read the chapters of uh, Thank You and Okay. I've been using the bell at the beginning and end. Hmm. All right. So I'm going to do that. Incidentally, that bell is from uh, A.H.G. Monastery, recorded in 1959 by Elsie Mitchell and her husband, John, and it went on the Folkways record um, Sounds of A.H.G. or something. It's on Cuke.com. I have the whole record there. You can listen to the whole thing, two record set. You know, all the chanting and sounds and everything. The deep bell is from there, too. And if you hear the thump on the deep bell that I put at the beginning and the end of all the uh, the Zen-oriented, um, which is almost all uh, the podcasts I do, uh, so the deep bell is from from uh, AHG. And if you hear the thump in it, boom, you, you've got to have some pretty good speakers or something to hear that, I think. Uh that is the mokugyo, the wooden fish drum, boom. And it, it's really big. It's like it's carved from one piece of wood, like, you know, like, I don't know, it's like five feet long, or <laughs> maybe it's not that big. But all right, so I'm going to start uh, adding that high bell here. Oh, and one other point. I uh, do not pay uh, any royalty to Folkways Records. Actually, it's Smithsonian Institute for putting uh, these bells on the podcast. However, I did for putting them on the audiobook uh, for Crooked Cucumber. Recently, I find many problems concerning religious problems such as psychology or LSD or the problem of how to bring about complete peace. Those problems are most important problems in present day, I think. In our system of Zen, Zen philosophy, I'm not emphasizing philosophy, but when we have discussion, there must be some system or else our discussion will not result in anything. So I just want to present you some system. As you know, our problem, the most important basic construction of culture may be science. Science is very important, but science just studies or treats the outward object as an object of study. And science will result in a materialistic understanding of life. But whether human beings are spiritual or material is a big problem, which has been discussed for a long, long time. We have no conclusion to it yet. Are we spiritual or material? Is our mental function just uh, an attribute of our mental uh, spiritual function? Is uh, basic function for a human being. And this kind of problem is not 
solved completely. But anyway, the problems which cannot be solved by science will be solved by the culture of science. So the basic construction will be science. The next one will be natural science, and the next one will be cultural science. In this science, we discuss what is truth, what is beauty, what is good, and if possible, what is holiness. But it is rather difficult to discuss what is holiness, holy nature, by cultural science. So the last problem for us is what is holiness, what is holy nature. This problem will be solved with religion. So we have four foundations. Our culture has four. Natural science, cultural science, and mm, three. Three foundations, maybe. Natural science, cultural science, and religion. In religion, we discuss also what is our mind. What is our mind, whether it is material or spiritual? Mm, it is also our problem for religious study. And, of course, we discuss about what is holy nature. But we treat our mind not as a mind as psychology. Psychological study is to study our mind as an object of study. Here is mind, which is universal to everyone, you know, and what is the function of mind? This is psychology. But in religion, we study our mind as our own. Uh, this is the difference, you know. My own mind, not everyone's mind. I don't mind some other's mind, but we do mind my mind. <laughs> that is religion. So science will bring you some universal truth, which is like a telescope. You will have a vast side of mind which is universal, as if you see San Francisco from Tamil Pius. You can see uh, everything. You can see the best sites of San Francisco from Tamil Pius. But that kind of study, of course it helps you, but you will not be so interested in the science uh, in general, your mind in general. The most concerning problem for us is what is mind. What should I do with myself? With my mind is the most important problem. And only religion will give you the answer. What should you do with your mind? This kind of mind is the mind we uh, religious people are concerned with very much. So you should have a clear distinction between psychology and religion and from cultural science and natural science or else you will mix up uh, your, you cannot discuss it properly. Dogen Zinji had a clear distinction between those kinds of study. Not only Dogen, but also all Buddhists say there is no inborn sage or natural Shakyamuni Buddha. We are all Shakyamuni Buddha, but if you do not practice or if you do not train yourself, you cannot be Shakyamuni Buddha. You have his nature, but if you do not realize his nature, we cannot be 
Shakyamuni Buddha. To realize his nature as your own is religion. Now, we want to discuss something. If you have some problem, uh, some of you have a problem. On, uh, on that problem, we want to discuss how to solve the problem. And if you have some question in our religion, uh oh, I said there wasn't the word religion. There it goes right there. <laughs> in our religion, or what I said, please ask me. Student A, what do you mean by cultural science? I don't understand. Do you mean like philosophy? Shinya Suzuki. Philosophy, and it actually it says SR, Suzuki Roshi. Philosophy, and but nobody was calling, very few people had called him Suzuki Roshi at that time. Uh, that's because this was put together later when he was always called Suzuki Roshi. All right, so anyway, SR, philosophy and education, ethics. Those are culture, sociology, psychology, the culture concerned about mind, our mind, not the materialistic side of our life, but spiritual side of the basis of our mind. Student B, do you mean culture in the sense of American culture or French culture or Japanese culture, or do you mean civilization? Suzuki, civilization, yeah, not special culture, but culture in in various countries, which is the studies of the mind. Student C, what about things like LSD? Suzuki laughs. LSD? LSD, uh, I don't. Uh, student C, can it help? Suzuki, I have no experience uh, taking LSD. Uh, but that's not so important, you know, uh, a problem at all. Uh, that's just like, uh, I think, medicine. So, of course, if you take too much medicine, it, it will not be good for you. But there is no objection uh, in taking it, I think. But what I'm afraid of is uh, eh, they'll get it mixed up with religion, LSD, Zen and LSD, laughs. There is very, very little, you know, a relationship, or it's quite another matter, you know, another problem. LS, uh, problem of LSD and problem of religion is quite different matter. But actually, religious people may use it, you know, but when we discuss something or we, when we want to figure out the clear idea of LSD, we must make this point clear or else we will, you know, we will have a useless discussion. One is going this way, one's going that way, and they'll have no chance to meet. Student D, it has to be understood for what it is, you know, not, yeah, Suzuki, yeah, what it is. Uh, it's quite clear. Student D, like to criticize the Suzuki, it's kind of medicine, you know. Student D, right. Suzuki, eh, the study of LSD is the study of science, not religion. Uh, what I notice is in America, or maybe in Europe, too, a great confusion. There's a big confusion in religion and, you know, other culture. Student D, in other cultures? Suzuki, hmm. In thinking, in everyday life, you know, it must be mixed up. Uh, uh, religion should use various means to help people. But if the leaders of religious movements are mixed up, you know, 
with religion and other culture, it may be awful. Well, student D, well, where's the line drawn? Suzuki, there's no need to draw a line like LSD. You can use it. I'm not talking about you should not use it or something like that. How to use it, who is using it, you are using it, laughs. Student D, I have used it, but I'm not using it. Suzuki, but that you is the problem, you know. Small you or big you, laughs. <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Laughter means the audience is laughing. Student D, I know who is using it. <laughs> Suzuki, that's the most important point. If you do not know what is you to use something, you know, it's crazy. So this point is very, very important, and this point is missing. So it is necessary to make this point very, very clear, because almost all people are mixed up with about many things, so they will waste their time a lot. Not only a waste of time, but also it is suffering, actually. Don't you think so? Student D, I don't know. I have to think about it. Suzuki, some question. Student E, this morning you said that just the practice of zazen is not so good because you may be practicing for some, and then whatever he said is unintelligible. Suzuki, yeah. A student, I mean, uh, a better something, anger or something like that. The students' voices are sort of distant, you know. And then you said, then if you do this, you will abuse your practice until it is mixed with other practices. Suzuki, mm-hmm. Student, and does this mean that at some point that a serious student maybe has to begin to take some peace from the scriptures? for example, or otherwise he may be in danger of mixing his practice, which would, you know, uh, unintelligible. It seems to me you're f referring to some kind of practice. Suzuki, yeah, a student that's in danger. Suzuki, danger? A student, I mean the danger of drawing away from it, mixing it all up. Suzuki, by danger, I don't mean you will be poisoned, laughs. Student, no, I, I mean, Suzuki, you will go insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not that kind of danger, but you will not <laughs> understand what is sin, and you will make a big mistake. So this kind of discussion is very important. Student, well, how do you keep from making the mistake and mixing your practice? Suzuki, uh, you know, you should know that. Student, you won't help me then. Suzuki, no, 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 no. I'm. Uh, what I mean is, you know, what is the pure, most concerning point? Uh, what is your inmost request? What will appease your suffering or, you know, your agitation, he laughs, <laughs> or irritation? And how can you appease it? Student F. Dogen Sinji, I think, wiped himself with one hand and used the other hand to light incense, to put incense down. Isn't that correct? S Suzuki, mm-hmm. Student F. He said that. If there's no space... <laughs>
Burn me. <laughs> if there's no space or time, why would he do that? <laughs> Burn me. Suzuki, no space? Uh, what did you say, please? Student F, well, if there's no space or time, as the Lankavatara Sutra says, Suzuki, uh-huh, student F, why would Dogen make a distinction between which hand he would use for which activities? Suzuki, oh, I see. This is a good problem, good question. You know, this is very good, he laughs. No space or no time. You know, means uh, we, we think uh, there is, uh, you know, when we say time, there's some, you have some idea of continuity, you know. Time is something continuous and space is something wide. You know, this is time and space, the idea of time and space. But time is not only continuity, discontinuity is also time, you know. In the smallest particle of time, you can think in this way. You can form the continuity of time, adding the smallest particle of time. This is continuity also. And actually, this understanding is better. If so, time is continuous and discontinuous. Do you understand? You say a flower grows, comes out in one week from birth. You know, it is continuously uh, they're growing. But when you see the flower, you cannot recognize the growing flower. The flower uh, stops growing when you just see. You can't see. You don't see the movement of the flower. You cannot see even the movement of the hands of the clock. But it is moving. It's like a moving picture. Uh, a moving picture is an accumulation of small pictures. Uh, one after another, those pictures come, and it will form some movement. So that is what he meant. There is no time or no space. No time as you think, or no time, no space as you think. Actual time is continuous and discontinuous. And it is not even a time. It is growth in the flower, uh, actual. The sun is rising in the east, from the east and setting in the west. This is the time, actually. So in this sense, he, said there, he says there is no time or no space. What actually exists is our movement, which moves in one whole existence. We are all moving, and there is some uniformity in our moving that is actual time and space. So when we do something, you know, when I say something, you are listening. And not only you, but also Buddha will listen, laughs to me. <laughs> so in this moment, there is uh, no need to say time or space. When I say something, there is you and uh, there is two. So we must not neglect what I am doing just now, and uh, the relationship between you and I, and I and Buddha. Instead of emphasizing time and space, he, Dogen, emphasizes the actual relationship which exists in this moment, just now. So that is why he is very strict with what we do, how we treat everything. 
uh, we, you abuse something because you think that is some material, some permanent existence. So you will abuse it. But actually, we cannot abuse anything. If you want to abuse it, uh, it will create a problem for you because there is no such thing which can be abused. Everything is actually a living existence which uh, cannot be an alternative way, which uh, does not have any alternative way of expression. You know, when I say something and you are listening to me, there's no alternative uh, laughs, expression of yourself. For me, it is so. So it is impossible to abuse something. <laughs> but when we, you know, idolize something and when we become attached to the idea of you, I may abuse you, you know. I think it is possible to abuse uh, you there, but it is not possible. When uh, you do something uh, which is not possible, you will have problems. That's all. That's why uh, Dogen says there's no time or space. Actually, what exists is what you see or what you do or what you listen to on this moment. So you must not abuse it or you must not even try to utilize it. Just respect everything and just treat everything respectfully. That is our way. Do you understand? So our way is to do something in its proper time, in the proper way. That is Zen, in short, and mind and object are one. Do you understand? Huh, that was a good question, I think. Student G. There have been some systems of metaphysics which are not strictly Western philosophy, uh, meaning that they are Eastern, which try to explain, not explain, but try to make us understand our existence not as well as by work, as by study, so that we have a particular chemical or physical understanding of any object and uh, of, uh, why we do things. For example, why we adopt a proper position why we keep our backs straight. Uh, was there ever a time when Buddhism used explanations like those? Or has Buddhism from Shakyamuni on always been disinterested in an, an analysis of things from a physical level? Suzuki, I think that is why you are interested in Buddhism. You have a good background to understand what is Buddhism. You know, you have very advanced science of various kinds of philosophy, and your achievement is perfect, almost perfect. I think, especially in natural science, this kind of achievement is very meaningful for us Buddhists. But Buddhists will give you another interpretation from another angle, you know, in your achievement. We do not change what you have achieved. We believe in your achievement. There is no room for ignoring scientific truth. The science was developed by actual experiments. Experiment after experiment, you achieved scientific progress, and uh, you will continue this effort. But that is, you know, scientific knowledge. We should know that. This is not religious knowledge. Religious knowledge is something different from that. To give another interpretation to science 
is religion. To understand science from another angle is religion without changing your conclusion. We do not doubt scientific truth. We accept scientific truth, but we will give another interpretation to it without changing uh, the meaning, not meaning, without changing the conclusion of science. There are many famous parables in Buddhism. Water for fish, water is their home. For a human being, it's water, not our home. And for a celestial being, water is some palace or something. Palace like the cow palace. Then he laughs and everybody laughs. For those of you who don't know, the cow palace is a very, very big coliseum in the uh, San Francisco area. So for a human being, science is something different. You know, uh, for me, science is something different from the viewpoint of a scientist. That is why, uh, even as you know, even a scientist has very and who has very advanced knowledge in the scientific way uh, can become very superstitious. We know many people who are very superstitious. We know many superstitious scientists. You may say. How is it possible for him to believe in such a primitive religion? But some of them are quite superstitious. Science and his spiritual life is quite different for him. You know, scientific knowledge, scientific knowledge and spiritual understanding are quite different. Two matters for us. Some question? What criteria do we use for deciding what are the proper things and what the proper ways to do them are? <laughs> oh, proper way? <coughs> no. You know, when you say so, uh, that is the question of ethics, you know. I, now, I am not talking about ethics. Do you understand? Uh, uh, what I can say now is for a person who understands what their mind is, uh, there's no alternative way to take it. That's good. Uh, there is no bad for us who understand our inmost nature. In the realm of morality, there are two ways, good and bad. That's ethics, which is, that's ethics, which is good. This is good, and this is bad. So you have to take good instead of bad. That is morality. But that is because you live in a moral realm. But in religious life, there is no alternative. There is just one way. When you become quite religious, you know there's no other way than to take one way. Water does not come up. It always comes down. That kind of question, because we say, no good, don't discriminate, you know. We Buddhists say, don't discriminate, there is no good or bad. So that kind of question is quite a natural question, I think. We do not ignore good or bad. So here you see, religion will give life to morality. For religious people, it is a pleasure to take good instead of bad. There is no alternative way. 
But for a moral mind, there are two ways which are good. Uh, no, which is good. And you must have some measure, you know, of value. Uh, this measurement will be, well, how to make the measurement is a big problem. The measurement for a woman will not be the measurement for men. There is a big problem. So if there's no religion, you will make your effort to utilize morality or to make some excuse in what you do. Uh, if there's no religion, uh, that will be your effort. Not pure enough, you know. You're just making an excuse because our Constitution says it like this. Oh, this is good and this is bad. And when it's not convenient, you will not say anything. That is morality. Uh, you will abuse morality and abuse the law and abuse religion. Religion is very handy to use. So if you say, well, Shakyamuni Buddha says so, even a stone will be a medicine. That is an abuse of religion, abuse of Shakyamuni Buddha. That is not religion at all. That is, you know, I don't know what it is. It's not even science. Some question? We have 15 minutes more. Uh, student I, in the manual for meditation uh, that you uh, have in the hall, it says, place your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Suzuki, mm-hmm. Student, why is that? Suzuki, well, usually uh, you are doing like that, but you know a beginner will wonder what they should do and show what they should do with their tongue. So when you sit for the first time, your mouth will be full of water. When your tongue is like this, uh, your you know, mouth will be filled with water. But when your tongue is like this, it's all right. Uh, I guess he's demonstrating the tongue not being on the roof of the mouth. Uh, if you do like this, try what will happen to your mouth. Uh, those are the ideas, uh, precepts. If we say 250 precepts or 500 precepts, you'll say, oh my, what a rigid religion Buddhism is. But our precepts are something like that. What we, you know, assure uh, uh, our conduct by study, you know. Actually, what you are doing is what you are what you are intuitively doing is our precepts. We do not force anything to you. Student J, Sensei, do you think that the yoga practiced by religious people in India is very close to Zazen? Do you know very much about it? Suzuki, no, I don't know it. If I knew it, I think uh, I must say something, but I'm afraid uh, if it is good, uh, it's all right. But, you know, it's uh, the idea, you know, is, well, not yoga practice itself, but in what way or in what purpose they practice yoga is the important point. It's like medicine, you know. If you take it in the proper way, it's all right. But if you rely on it too much, uh, so yoga practice isn't the only way to help you. We should know that, I think. Uh, more questions? Student K. The book, The Foundations of Tibetan Mysticism by Lama Anagarika Govinda, compares point-by-point point Hindu yoga 
with zazen posture, now going into all the special postures, Hindu yoga with Buddhist yoga. And he comes to the conclusion uh, that the whole reason one does it is quite different, and the background is quite different, and you end up with something quite different. Suzuki, yeah, I think so, maybe. That is Buddhism, you know, the background or idea. Student L, how could there be two truths? Suzuki, huh? <laughs> Student L, how could there be two truths? How could there be two reasons? Student M, what are you talking about? <laughs> Suzuki, two reasons? Student L, yeah, two reasons. The reason for this and the reason for that. Suzuki, yeah, yeah, yeah. Student L, there's a difference. Suzuki, in uh, philosophical study, there's always antithesis. Student, antithesis. Suzuki, antithesis. Uh -huh. It's inevitable in philosophical study. Student, the appearance, yeah, that's the appearance. Suzuki, uh -huh. Student L, that's the truth. Suzuki, well, th there is always a paradox in philosophical study. It can't be helped, and there's truth, you know. Where there's paradox, there is truth. If you have eyes to see, but as long as you're confined in philosophical study, you have no eyes to see through a paradoxical statement. Philosophy is good because it's paradoxical. Uh, so we Buddhists use a paradoxical expression. It should be paradoxical. So we apply paradoxical expressions as philosophers do. And we do not think that is paradoxical. <laughs> Uh, we have one-week discussion, so it may be better to finish today our discussion. Recently, I find many problems concerning to religious problems. Such as psychology or LSD, or the problem of how to bring about complete peace. Those problems are most important problems in present day, I think. In our system of Zen philosophy, uh, I'm not emphasizing philosophy, but when we uh, have discussion, there must be some um, system, or else our discussion will result anything. So I just uh, want to present to you some system. As you know, our uh, uh, problem, the most important uh, basic uh, construction of uh, culture may be science. 
science is very important. But science, just study or treat um, outward as an object. And science uh, will result materialistic uh, understanding of life. But whether um, our human uh, being is spiritual or material is a big problem, which has been discussed uh, for a long, long time. We have no conclusion to it yet. We are spiritual or material. Our mental function is just attribute of body or uh, our mental spiritual function is basic function for human being and this kind of problem is not solved completely but anyway uh, the problems which cannot be solved by uh, science, will be solved by uh, cultural science. So, uh, the basic uh, construction will be science, and next one will be uh, natural science, and next one will be cultural science. In this science, uh, we discuss about what is truth, what is uh, beauty, what is good. And if possible, uh, what is holiness. But uh, it is rather difficult to discuss uh, what is holiness, holy nature, by uh, cultural. Uh, science. So uh, the last problem for us is what is holiness? What is holy nature? This problem will be solved by religion. So uh, we have um, four uh, foundations. Our culture has four foundations, uh, natural science, cultural science, and uh, three foundations, maybe. Natural science, uh, science, cultural science, and uh, religion. In religion, we uh, discuss also uh, what is our mind, what is our mind, whether uh, it is material or spiritual, it is also a problem for religious uh, study. And of course, we discuss 
apart, but it's hard in nature. But uh, we treat our mind not as a mind, as psychology. Psychological study is to study our mind as an object of study. Here is mind, you know, uh, which is universal to everyone. And uh, what is the function of our mind? Uh, This is uh, psychology. But in religion, we study our uh, mind as our own. This is the difference. My own mind, not my, everyone's mind. I don't mind <laughs> some other's mind, but we do mind my mind. <laughs> that is religion. So science will bring you some universal truth, uh, which is like a, a telescope. You uh, have a vast uh, sight of uh, mind, which is universal, as if you uh, see San Francisco from uh, Tamara Pius. <laughs> you can see everything in the. Uh, you can see the past uh, site of the San Francisco from um, Tamara Pius. But that, that kind of study, of course it helps you, but <laughs> uh, you will not be so interested in, in the science uh, your mind in um, as a general um, your mind in uh, general the most uh, concerning problem for us is what is my mind <laughs> what should I do with myself with my mind is the most important problem and religion only will uh, give you the answer. What should you do with your uh, mind? This kind of uh, mind is the mind we uh, religious people are concerned very much. So, you should have clear distinction from psychology and religion. And from uh, cultural science. And from uh, natural science. Or else you will mix up. Uh, you cannot discuss 
propare. Dogen Zenji, heart. A clear distinction between thoughts, kind of study. Not only Dogen Zenji, but also all Buddhist states. There is no inborn sage or natural Shakyamuni Buddha. <laughs> we are all Shakyamuni Buddha, but if you do not practice or if you do not train yourself, you cannot be Shakyamuni Buddha. You have his nature, but if you do not realize uh, his nature, we cannot be Shakyamuni Buddha. to realize his nature as your own is a religion. Now, uh, we want to discuss something. If you have some problem, if uh, some of you have a problem, uh, on that problem, we want to uh, discuss how to solve the problem, and uh, if you have some uh, question in our religion or what I said, please ask me. What do you mean by cultural Philosophy and uh, education, ethics, those are culture, uh, sociology, psychology, uh, the culture concerned about mind, our mind, not materialistic side of our uh, life, but spiritual side of faces of uh, our mind. Uh, culture and American culture or French culture or Japanese culture or do you mean civilization? Civilization, yeah, uh, not special culture, but culture in in various countries, uh, which is it's a study of uh, mind. LSD. LSD, I have no experience of taking LSD, so, um, but that is not so important, you know, problem at all. That is just like, uh, I think, medicine. So, of course, if you take too much medicine, it's <laughs> it will not good for you. But uh, there's no objection to um, in taking uh, it, I think. But what I'm afraid of is they, uh, uh, they will mix up with religion. 
LSD, Zen and LSD. <laughs> There's very, very uh, little, you know, relation. Uh, it is quite another matter, you know, another problem. LSD, problem of LSD and problem of religion is quite different matter. But actually, religious people may use it, you know. But uh, uh, when we discuss something, or when we want to figure out the clear idea of LSD, we must make this point clear. Uh, or else we will, you know, uh, we will have useless discussion. One is going this way and one is going this way. And uh, they will have no uh, chance to meet. Yeah, what it is, it is quite uh, clear. It is a kind of medicine, you know. The study of LSD is the study of science, not religion. What I notice is, in America, or maybe in Europe, too, a great confusion. There is a big confusion in religion and in other culture. In thinking. In everyday life, you know, uh, it must be mixed up. You know, religion should use various uh, means to help people. But if the leaders of religious movement do not uh, mix up, you know, religion and other culture, it may be awful. No, there's no need to uh, draw a line like LSD. You can use it. I'm not talking uh, about you should not use it or something like that. How to use it and who is using it? You are using it. <laughs> I have used it, but I'm not using it. But that you is problem, you know? Small you or big you. <laughs> this is the most important point. If you do not know what is you, <laughs> to use something is, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So this point is very, very, very important. And this point is missing. So it is necessary to make this point very, very clear because almost all people are mixed up many things. So they will waste their time a lot. And not only waste of time, but also it is suffering, <laughs> actually. Don't you think so? Some question? Um, this morning, uh, this afternoon, you said that just the practice of Zazen is not so good because you may be practicing for something. <laughs> yeah. Being a better painter or something like that. And uh, then you said, then if you do this, you will abuse your practice until it is mixed with other practices. Mm -hmm. And does this mean that at some point that a serious student of Zen has to begin to take some interest in the scriptures, for example? Or otherwise he may be in danger of commencing of his practice to become you know, like it seems to me you're referring to some kind of true practice <coughs> yeah. that's in danger. Danger. Uh, by danger, I don't mean you will be poisoned or <laughs> you will go insane. Not that kind of danger, but uh, you will not understand what is there. And you will make big mistake. So this kind of discussion is very important. Well, how do you keep from making a mistake and using your practice? Uh, you know, uh, you should know that. You will know. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, what I mean is, uh, you know, what is um, that your most concerning point? What is your inmost request? What will appease your uh, suffering or, you know, or your agitation, you know, <laughs> mm. irritation? And how you can appease it? Building Benji, I think, lights himself with one hand and use the other hand to, like, in, to put incense down. Isn't that correct? Mm -hmm. He said that. Um, if there's no no space or time, why would he do that? No space. Oh. <laughs> what did you say? If, if there's no space or time, as mm -hmm. the Mankavatara Sutra says, mm -hmm. why would uh, Dogen make a distinction between which hands he would use for which activities? Oh, I see. Uh, this is good problem, uh, good que uh, question. You know, uh, mm, this is very good. <laughs> uh, no space or no time, you know, means we think that 
you know, when we say time, there's some, uh, you have uh, idea of continuity. You know, time is something continuous, and space is something white. You know, this is time and space, idea of time and space. But uh, uh, time is not only uh, continuity, and this continuity is also time. You know, in the smallest particle of time, you can think in this way. Uh, you can uh, form the continuity of time, adding smallest particle of time. This is continuity also. And actually, uh, this understanding is better. If so, time is continuous and discontinuous. Do you understand? You say flower grow comes out in one week from birth. You know, it is continuously the grow. But when you see the flower, you cannot recognize the growing flower. The flower stops growing when you see, just see. You don't see the movement of the flower. You cannot see even the uh, movement of the uh, hands of the clock. But it is moving. It is like a moving picture. A movie picture is the accumulation of small, you know, uh, pictures. One after another, uh, those pictures come, it will form some movement. So, uh, that is what uh, he meant. There is no time or no space. No time as you think. No time, uh, no space, as you think. Actual time is continuous and discontinuous. And it is not even a time. It is actual growth of the flower, actual the sun arising uh, in east, uh, from east and setting in west. This is the time, actually. So, uh, in this sense, he says, there's no time or no space. What actually exists is our movement, which moves in one whole or existence. We are all moving. 
and there is some uniformity in our moving. And that is actual time and space. So when we do something, you know, when I say something, you are listening. And not only you, but also Buddha will listen <laughs> to me. So in this moment, uh, there's no need to say time or space. When I say something, there's you and there's Buddha. So uh, we must not neglect what I am doing just now and relationship between you and I, and I and Buddha. Instead of emphasizing time and space, he emphasized actual relationship which uh, exists in this moment, just now. So that is why he is very strict with what we do, how we treat uh, everything. You abuse something because you think that is some material, some permanent existence. So you, you will abuse it. But actually, we cannot abuse anything. If you want to abuse it, it, is, it will create problem to you because there is no such a thing which can be abused. Everything is actually, uh, everything is living existence, which cannot be uh, no alternative uh, way of which do not have no alternative uh, way of expression. You know, when I say something and you are listening to me, there is no alternate <laughs> expression of yourself. For me, it is uh, so. So it is impossible to abuse something. But when we, you know, idealize something, and when we become attached to uh, the idea of you, I may abuse you. you know. I think it is possible to abuse you, but it is not possible. When you do something, which is not possible, <laughs> you have problems, that's all. That is why he uh, says there's no time or space. Actually, what exists is what you see, or what you do, or what you uh, listen on this moment. So you must not abuse it, or you must not even 
トライとユーテライト。Just respect everything and just treat everything respectfully.That is our way. そして。There have been some systems,、uh, some systems of、uh, metaphysics which are not strictly、uh, Western philosophy, mainly t h e y are Eastern, which try to explain,、uh, you know, not explain, but try to make us understand our existence not、uh, as well as by work, by、uh, study, so that we have、uh, a particular chemical or Physical understanding of, of any object and of, our, of why we do things, for example, why we,、uh, why we adopt an improper position, why we、uh, keep our backs straight.、Uh, was there ever a time when Buddhism used explanations like those, or、um, has Buddhism all, from chapter three on always been disinterested in,、uh, in analysis of things on a physical level? Uh, I think that is why、uh, you are interested in、uh, Buddhism. You have a good background to understand what is Buddhism. You know, you have a very uh, advanced uh, science and various. Kinds of philosophy. And、uh, your achievement is perfect, almost perfect, I think, especially in、uh, natural science. This、uh, achievement is very meaningful for us, for us Buddhist,、uh, Buddhists. But、uh, Buddhists will give you some another interpretation from another angle, you know, in your achievement. We do not change、uh, what you have achieved, we believe in your achievement. There's no, you know, no room to <laughs> ignore scientific truth. The science developed by、uh, you know, actual experiment after experiment, you achieved scientific、uh, progress. And you will continue this effort. But、uh, that is, you know, a scientific knowledge. We should know that. You know. <laughs> that is not religious knowledge. Religious knowledge is something different from that. 
to give some another interpretation to science is religion. To understand science from another angle is religion. Without changing your conclusion. We do not doubt scientific truth. We accept scientific truth. But uh, we will give another interpretation to it without changing the meaning, not meaning, without changing the conclusion of science. There's many uh, very famous parables in Buddhism. Water for fish. Water is uh, their uh, home. <laughs> uh, for a human being, it is water, not uh, our home. And for celestial being, it is uh, water is some. Uh, palace or something. Palace. Like cow palace. <laughs> 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 so, for a human being, Science is something different, you know. <laughs> For me, <laughs> uh, science is something different from the viewpoint of science. That is why, even though even the scientist has very advanced knowledge in scientific way, they become very superstitious. <laughs> uh, we know many superstitious science. You may say, how is, is it possible for him to believe in such a primitive religion? But some of them are quite superstitious. The science and uh, his a spiritual life is quite different for him. You know, scientific knowledge and spiritual uh, understanding is quite different to uh, matter for us. Some question? What criteria do we use for deciding what are the proper things? proper way to do the harm. Proper way? Oh, uh, you know, uh, when you say so, that is the question of ethics. You know. Now, I'm not talking about ethics. Do you understand? What I can say now is for a person who understands uh, what is my mind, 
there is no alternative way to take that is good. There is no bad for us. Who understand our inmost nature? In their morality, there is two ways, good and bad. That is uh, ethics, which is good. This is good and this is bad. So you have to take good instead of bad. That is morality. But uh, that is because you live in moral uh, realm. But uh, religious life, there is no alternative. There is just only one way. If when you become quite religious, you know, there's no other way than to take one way. Water does not come up, it, it's always come down. That kind of uh, you know, question, because we say, no good, don't discriminate, you know, we Buddhists say, don't discriminate, there's no good or bad. So that kind of uh, question is quite a natural question, I think. We do not ignore good or bad. So here you see that religion will give the life to morality. For religious people, it is the pleasure to uh, take good instead of bad. There's no alternative way. But for a moral mind, there's two ways which is good. And you must have some measure of value. <laughs> How to uh, make the measurement is big problem. <laughs> the measurement for a woman will not be the measurement for uh, men. <laughs> the big problem. So if there is no religion, you will make your effort to utilize morality or to make some excuse in what you do. If there is no religion, that will be the, your effort not pure enough, you know. You are just making excuse because our constitution says like this, so this is good and this is bad. But when it is not convenient, you will not say anything. <laughs> that is morality will be the abuse of morality. <laughs>
and abuse of uh, law and abuse of religion. Religion is very handy to use. <laughs> so, if you say, Shakamuni Buddha said so. <laughs> Even a stone will be a medicine. <laughs> that is abuse of religion. Abuse of Shakamuni Buddha. <laughs> that is not religion at all. That is, you know, I don't know what it is. It is not, it is not even science. Some question. We have 15 minutes more. In the manual for meditation, there's a place you're trying to group in your mind. Why is that? Usually, you are doing like that. But uh, a beginner will wonder what should he do with their tongue. When you sit you know, for the first time, your mouth will be full of water. <laughs> when your tongue is like this, your uh, you know, mouth will be filled with water. But when your tongue is like this, it's all right. If you do like this, try what will happen to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the idea of precepts. If we say uh, 250 precepts or five hundred precepts, you will say, oh my, what <laughs> a uh, rigid religion Buddhism is. But uh, our precepts is uh, something like that. We make it sure, assure our conduct by uh, study. Actually, what you are doing is what you are intuitively doing is our precepts. We do not force anything to you. Sensei, do you think that the, that the yoga uh, practiced by religious people in India is very close to, to Zaka? Do you know pretty much about it? Uh, no, I don't want to know it. <laughs> If I know it, uh, I think I must say something. <laughs> I'm afraid. If it is good, it's all right. But, you know, it is idea, you know. Not yoga practice itself, but in what way or in what purpose they practice yoga is a very important point. It is like medicine, you know. If you take it in proper way, it is all right. 
patra. If you rely on it too much, so yoga practice is not only way <laughs> to help you. We should know that, I think. No question? The uh, book, Foundations of Tibetan Mysticism, by the Lama Angarika Govinda, compares point by point uh, Hindu yoga, or Zazen posture, not going into all the special postures, uh, Hindu yoga with Buddhist yoga. And he comes to the conclusion that there, the whole reason one does it is quite different. And the, the background is quite different, uh, and, and you have to end up with something quite different. Yeah, I think so. Maybe that is Buddhist. You know. The background or idea. How could there be two truths? Huh? How could there be two truths? How could there be two reasons? Two reasons. Yeah, two reasons. Reasons for this. Yeah, idea. yeah, yeah. In philosophical, you know, study, there's always uh, anti, anti. It is inevitable in philosophical study. Uh huh. There's always paradox in philosophical study. It it cannot be helped. And there, there's truth, you know. Where there's paradox, there's truth. If you have eyes to see, you know. <laughs> but as long as you are uh, confined in philosophical study, you have no eyes to see through the uh, paradox, paradoxical uh, statement. Philosophy is good because it is paradoxical, you know. So we Buddhists use paradoxical expression. It should be paradoxical. So we use, uh, we apply paradoxical expression as philosophers uh, do. And we do not uh, think that it's uh, paradoxical. We have one week <laughs> discussion, so <laughs> it may be better uh, to finish today our discussion. Until next time, this is D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Doggy Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening. Mm-hmm.